we don't have a union in the sector. And I think one of these weeks, we're going to have to unpack this issue of unionization because many people, yeah, unions have too much power. Unions are the ones who are stalling job creation. Well, I think a lot of those arguments uh, are fallacious, uh, but uh, we'll certainly pick up that particular matter uh, one of these weeks. We have on the line the Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition, uh, uh, Ibrahim Patel, who joins us now to talk uh, briefly about some of the key elements uh, of uh, South Africa's localization strategy, what it is we want to achieve from a competition perspective and uh, all of the other areas of industrial policy that his department oversees, uh, having given uh, the uh, budget uh, vote speech earlier on today. Minister, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, good evening, Ayabonga. I hope you're well and good evening to all the listeners. No, I'm very well. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Minister. Minister, I want us maybe to, to, to touch on some of the issues uh, that you highlighted today. And I think one of those in a context of you know, disturbed and broken global supply chains uh, is this notion of localization. Uh, and I want us maybe to start off there because you, it certainly has uh, received some criticism from some quarters. Uh, but I'm quite interested, I guess, to hear the perspective of the ministry um, and what it hopes to achieve uh, with its localization endeavors. Uh, Ayabunga, the, the fundamental question we need to grapple with as, as a country is how do we get growth and how do we get jobs and how do we get transformation? And it's by... Um, expanding production, doing more things that bring people into productive employment and adding to national wealth. But here's the challenge that we face. We import uh, a very, very significant proportion of goods, more than many, many other countries. If you take uh, the year before COVID, we imported 1.1 trillion rands worth of goods excluding oil. So let's take that oil. We don't, we're not a big producer. Cecil does some oil, but for the rest, mm. we, we, import, uh, we, we depend on imports. Even if you take that number out, 1.1 trillion rand. And that's an opportunity for South Africa. It's an opportunity to localize, to get those things done here in, in South Africa. And I want to give a good example. Last year during COVID, in the early days of COVID, we ran short of these medical-grade face masks that the health uh, frontline workers use. Later, we, we struggled to get hand sanitizers. You remember how the, the prices went through the sky for a small little mm. bottle of, of hand sanitizer. Yes. Then we hit the difficulty that we could not buy ventilators anywhere in the world. Uh, they were just being snapped up by countries with deeper pockets than ourselves. And finally, and we're still in the midst of it, uh, everybody is struggling to get access to sufficient numbers uh, and quantities of vaccines. And we ran a localization uh, campaign. It, we catalyzed the energy of business and uh, unions and, and government, and we've worked closely together. And in that period, we helped to create an industry that has produced more than 10 billion rands worth of goods, uh, face masks and sanitizers and so on. In fact, we even exported some of these products to the rest mm. of the African continent, earning 2 billion rand for South Africa in the process. Now, what that lesson underlines is while we can't localize everything, there are enormous opportunities sure. to build uh, domestic capacity in South Africa and create jobs here, to bring young people into employment, and that's what we really need. But to do so requires more than just a big campaign to say buy local, Proudly South Africa, locally Slacker. All of that's important, but it also means tackling the sources of our own industrial uh, underperformance. Mm. Maybe it's um, skills challenges that we need to do. Uh, some of it is 
just getting the offtake agreements from big retailers and large purchases. Mm. Because okay, in manufacturing, okay, scale is everything. If I you mean, can scale up, okay, you can bring your prices down. You know, Minister, or key basic inputs. I mean, if you think about the agro-processing sector out in Standerton, who just need water to operate, or even people who are saying intermittent supply of electricity is something that makes it very difficult for us to operate uh, in a factory environment. Um, you know, uh, I guess, is the same priority being given to all of those bottlenecks to, to uh, industry in the country? Uh, it has to, and we're beginning to do more than we've done in the past, particularly with municipalities. We have a number of, to be quite frank, we have a number of municipalities that are, for all practical purposes, dysfunctional. Sure. And they discourage investment. Standerton is a very good example. Through the efforts of my department, we helped to, um, to, uh, uh, to uh, attract a major global investor that set up a huge uh, soya-crushing plant mm. in the town. And uh, Astral has also got um, business there. So you've got now a little uh, chicken feed and chicken producing hub or district that a smart municipality will actually encourage, support, provide with water, mm. do all the things necessary to attract even more and make that the chicken producing center of the country. Sure, sure. Instead of that, we've had uh, a municipality that has not responded to the legitimate requests of businesses. And uh, it's it's um, uh, taken a court case for the company mm. to put the spotlight on that level sure, of dysfunctionality. Sure. So we're now putting together a new approach where the department is going to work with individual municipalities and provinces to try to deal with what I call the big six. Uh, the big six is energy, mm. it's transport and logistics, it's water, uh, it's uh, uh, infra infrastructure for communication, that's your ICT sure. and so on. It's education or skills development. And finally, it's health facilities. You need that big six mm. to attract and keep investment. Sure, sure. And it's also good for our communities. All six of those speak powerfully to the needs of ordinary South Africans. Minister, can, can we touch on one specific one there, uh, which I think is a, is a critical and a defining social process for the next few years or so, which is the energy transition. Now, uh, one of the things you touched on uh, you know, today alongside localization, growing exports, growing investment uh, and transformation was expanding the green economy. Um, and many of our listeners, uh, you know, over the last week or so were quite enamored. We had a guest from the CSIR who was talking about potential feasibility of solar PV component investments in former coal producing areas and what that would mean for people who had been working in that kind of sector. What is some of the work that's happening and some of the programs that you have within the department to that end to make sure that this transition to renewable energy is a transition that comes with manufacturing opportunities upstream and downstream? So it's, it's, it's really about the, the just transition to make sure that those communities who through no fault of their own uh, are displaced by new technologies and new concerns about climate change are adequately and properly looked after. But first, let me make the point that climate change is real. If we do nothing, if in order to um, preserve the industries that we know today, we continue doing what we do to the world, then climate change will create so much havoc to our own lives and certainly the lives of our children that we will leave many parts of the world devastated. What COVID has done about our awareness of the uh, interconnectedness of the world, climate change will, look, uh, will make it look 
like a, 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 a small picnic. Mm. So we have to do something urgently. And uh, my department is working in two broad areas. The one is to see what are the new technologies and opportunities. And the second one is to see how can we workers and businesses to adapt, to adjust, and to, to deal with uh, some of the challenges. So on the one front, uh, the IDC, the Industrial Development Corporation, mm. is supporting renewable energy programs with wind and solar. And in fact, when this program first started, the commercial banks were somewhat skeptical where the government is going to pull it off. So the IDC had to step in. And at the moment, the IDC has an investment portfolio of about 13 billion rand in just uh, renewable renewable energy. The second one is uh, looking at the vehicle uh, side. We are Africa's biggest car maker. Mm. That's South Africa. And so we've got to get the cutting edge technologies across the world. Electric vehicles are likely to be the vehicles of the future. Europe, Mm. uh, the United Kingdom have already said uh, over the next number of years, they're going to introduce limits mm. on the number of fossil fuel cars. So we need the technology and we need a roadmap. Sure. So that's the second area we're working on. The third one is what we call gr- green hydrogen energy. Mm. And this is what everybody says is going to be the, the energy of the future. Because unlike electric um, vehicles and so on, you don't need these massive battery storage packs and so on. Mm. Uh, but the technology is not yet fully mature for sure. all kind sure. of application. Minister, so we're working now to see what we can do to, to, sure. to open that opportunity. Yeah. Minister, it's, it's so unfortunate that we kick things off late uh, due to a few glitches on our end. Um, but I, I certainly hope we can reach out to you again uh, this week so that we can continue our discussion because I think the issues that you're raising around energy storage, around component manufacture for wind and solar um, are, are going to be critical parts of not only meeting our IRP objectives, but effectively making sure that uh, this energy transition is a just one, is an inclusive one, and one that in effect, I guess, uh, creates the kind of green jobs that we're looking for. So uh, we'd like you to come back. Uh, so if you can, uh, I guess, promise us, be it tomorrow or maybe the day after, that we can come back and maybe focus specifically on that part and also some of the questions around competition uh, and transformation in particular around issues of pay. But unfortunately, we have run out of time this evening. I'd love to do so. Awesome stuff. So we'll be in touch, but thank you very much for your time. Take care. Bye-bye. That there is uh, Minister of uh, Trade, Industry and Competition, Ibrahim Patel. Real pity uh, we had a short uh, window of opportunity, but we certainly hope we can catch up with him around some of the issues of that just energy transition uh, and uh, the key elements in that budget vote. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength. Nangogo siya ibanga le economy.